And yeah, we are live and recording. All right. Shall uh, we go? Shall we do it? You guys are about to hear me do my intro live, which is very nerve wracking. <laughs> um, I never thought I would have to do it in front of people, but here we are. Um, so... And welcome back to A Stark Contrast, where we discuss the differences and similarities from Marvel Comics to their MCU counterparts. And we are your hosts, Jeffrey. And I. Hello. Hi, everyone. Thanks for stopping by. Um, yes, we are A Stark Contrast. This is our very first live recording, for the record. Um, so thank you for, for stopping by and uh, sitting in to listen yes. to our show. So generally, like Jeff just said, um, each episode of our podcast centralizes on one Marvel character, and we compare the comic book version to the cinematic version because in many cases, they're not nearly the same. Sometimes they're like dead on. Gamora is a great one that's yep. pretty spot on. Yeah, that we just did. <laughs> that we so just go did, and, yeah. go and listen to that. We yeah. just did that. And then there are, of course, other characters like Gwen Stacy and Kamala Khan. They're a little different yeah. here and there, but... Uh, if any of those characters interest you, please go back, listen to it. We're about yeah. 56 episodes deep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so we're with, with no stopping. Yeah. Should uh, we like ahead. just intro like a little bit like how we started this? Like, <laughs> Maybe. You and me. I know we were talking about it earlier. Yeah. Um, but how Di and I started this podcast <laughs> is super incredibly random. Yeah. Uh, I love watching MCU movies and have for the yep. last, uh, well, since 2008, but really started picking it up in like 2014. Yeah. Um, and every time I would watch one in about, uh, after 2014, I would text die every time after every movie and be like, who is this? Like, what is this? How is this significant? And we would talk every single Marvel movie. And I'm then the go-to nerd. Yeah. So and then you it, got a question. And then it just got to a point of like, <laughs> yeah. should we just like create, like do a podcast to just talk about it? It's like, all you. Just, just for fun. Just as like yeah. nerds nerding out, as we say in <laughs> our podcast. Say, yeah. Um, because I don't really have a platform or not, or not platform, but I don't have too many friends that are just as like enthusiastic. He's being uh, nice. He doesn't want to say that he has no nerd friends like <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, the way that I love talking about it. And I was really happy to still be really cool and friends with Di that we, we can. Yeah. And that's and, how this came to fruition. Yeah. And it was, it was one of those things that during, you know, during the lockdown, People were isolated. You weren't sure what to do with yourself. And so we started communicating near, you know, the tail end of the worst of it. And, and my, my, my joke is that people were either baking bread or starting podcasts. And so I was a little bit of A and B. And uh, because of this guy, it's all his, his doing. So I was like, okay, let's go. And we just got to it. And, and here we are yeah. at my, uh, my, my, my day job. <laughs> I actually work for the museum, but thankfully they were nice enough to actually consider our show. So here we are with all you lovely people. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, so we're here for First Friday's fandoms and fantasy themed superheroes. Um, and so, yeah, it, this entire season has been wonderful. It's gone through dragons and lore and wizards, magic, and so here we are, the very last one, superheroes, all things superhero. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how superheroes as well as the museum come together in a, a unified form. And so, um, of course, the museum has tons of stuff happening all year round, so if you're so inclined, please keep up at nhm.org 
it's part of my job to do that. So <laughs> she's <laughs> so killing two birds with one there stone you here. Go. Um, so let's dive into uh, some notable NHMLA history. Hey everyone. Oh, Peter. Hey. Sorry I'm late. It's a jungle out there. I had to beat an old lady with a stick to get these cramps. <laughs> so if you've seen anything that's rotating on this little iPad here, you might recognize it. It's from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man from 2002, starring Tobey Maguire. And so I've, I've encountered a few people that have actually come up to the table, recognized the film, because, you know, Spider-Man is one of the, the most well-known superheroes, if not characters of all time. And so um, little, few people know that that scene in the film was filmed here at the museum. And so... If you go into uh, the rotunda area, it's the, it's the area just left of this beautiful dino hall that we have. The ceiling is a stained glass ceiling. You can't miss it. There's a giant statue in the middle. That entire scene from Spider-Man, the opening, the, 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 the pivotal part of the film where Peter Parker gets Bit by bitten spider. by the spider Spoiler is filmed alert, here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was filmed here. Um, but before we get into all of that, let's get into some quick facts about the film. So the film, once again, directed by Sam Raimi. It was written by Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, and David Kep, with music by Danny Elfman. Um, so, so Stan and Steve, those are pretty familiar names, especially with, with our show. We've talked about them quite a bit. Um, they're the OGs. They're the original cr uh, creators when it came to Spider-Man. So the fact that those two men were involved in the film at all, I think, is, is part of what really made it as great. Yeah as it was. I actually didn't know that, like, writ legitimately yeah, written by Stan Lee. It says in the credits. Part and of so, the screenplay. Yeah, wow. exactly. And so they were part of the amazing Spider-Man run, which we have one of the early issues here, um, number 50 from 1967. Um, they, they were with the character throughout the course of their lifetimes. And so David Kep came in and added the Hollywood element of written for film. Mm. And so he really contributed the big finesse of Hollywood and, and how it unraveled the story that is Peter Parker as Spider-Man, which we love. I think that's your number one film, isn't it? Uh, or number one Spider-Man film. Man's uh, number one, the first one. Yeah. Uh, yes, but Spider-Man 2 is definitely, <laughs> yeah. definitely up yeah, there. Yeah, exactly, definitely. And so um, that unfortunately was not filmed here, but we do have the, the luxury of talking about the first one. And so the museum itself served as the backdrop for Columbia University. So the funny thing is, is they shot exteriors on site at Columbia University, but when they came inside, inside. it was here in LA. <laughs> so of course. movie magic. Yeah, the beauty of filmmaking. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, you'll see the, the scene rotating on the iPad here if you want to watch it again. Um, it's kind of burned into my memory. I don't know how many times I've seen this movie. I've, I, I, I'm right up there with you. Yeah. I've seen it multiple times. Easily 20 times, just 25. Just flipping through through TV. I'm like, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's and how old were it. you when it came out? It came out in 2002. So I was a baby. I was eight years old. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah. And imagine kids now, right? For instance, yeah. eight year olds that are going to see across the Spider-Verse now. Spoiled with Spider-Man content. Yeah. Spoiled. Oh man, I would have killed for it as a kid. <laughs> you know, and I say this a lot on the show, you know, I, I drove my mom crazy because I was all, I was into Spider-Man and into the X-Men and I liked Barbies, but I really love superheroes. But now kids get to dabble in Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker. Just so many different yeah. types of yeah. comic book characters. <sighs> the envy. I love it. Yeah. Um, so uh, we can talk a little bit about the rotunda itself. So did you look at this much at all? The Not much. Okay. 
I'd love to I'd love to test Jeff if he's looked ahead and cheated. But the rotunda itself was built in 1913. And that was the original entry for the museum itself. So all of this was built after the fact. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of wild. So it served as the Beaux-Arts entrance or even the Haga family rotunda. And, and so when the city was coming up and becoming the Los Angeles that we know now, it, it hadn't really started to spring up until the completion of the Los Angeles aqueduct. So once that was completed, Los Angeles really became the city that we now know it to continuously be growing as it is. And so the rotunda itself was designed by local architects Frank Hudson and William A.D. Munsell. And so as the museum was growing and adding on to everything else, the original build was retained from its marble pillars to the stained glass ceiling, as we see now. And wow. so, yeah. And uh, as we, we, we've mentioned to a few people that have walked by, I can't even imagine the kind of care that went into that space as I was just they were say, filming. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. this is a lot. Yeah. Fun fact, know. this is, I think, my first time here. No way, really? <laughs> I think this might be my first time. You I've are lived, fired. I've lived in LA my whole life. <laughs> and yeah. I... Like to my memory, I can't. I don't remember walking through here. What about La Brea tar pits? Maybe. Mm, you know, I probably have gone here on a class field trip, but that uh, was like in middle school, elementary school, yeah, and yeah. it's all a blur because I was a kid. I didn't care about anything, but, but here you, I am. You remembered Spider Man, so yeah, always. <laughs> I care. I remember the things I I, I, I care for. Yes, yes. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so. Uh, and it, they didn't remove anything, which is the wild thing. They, they built around it. They added components, facades to the actual structure. And so they took this gigantic, from what I understand, they took this gigantic facade that was supposed to pose as a telescope or something. Okay. A lab thing. And they put it on top of the statue. And they ensured that they did not break or chip or scrape a single part of that statue, which is... A feat, I think, because if you've ever seen it, and I've watched um, our wonderful, um, you know, curators clean that statue, and it takes hours. It they, takes okay. feather dusters, and you have you how, have to. How use often certain, is it cleaned? Oh, I can't remember what she said, but it's pretty regularly. Okay. And you have to be delicate with it. She she has this wonderful apparatus that looks like a Ghostbuster like <laughs> machine. She calls it the Ghostbuster thing, and she has a vacuum hooked up to it. And you gotta go up on a ladder, and and so you really have to take care of that piece of history because uh -huh. it's over a hundred years old at this point. That's you know? crazy. So they so Sam Raimi and his team plopped a giant facade on top of that statue for this initial four minutes of the film. Oh. So, uh, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> and now it's a part of history as it is in Spider-Man history. So um, the ceiling itself, I wanted to shout out to Walter Horace Judson. He is the uh, creator of the stained glass ceiling. And so that is also the original retained um, portion of the build. Um, so be sure to look up. It's, you know, all the beautiful stuff isn't just around you. You got to look up once in a while. And so um, the statue itself was designed by Julia Bracken Went one of Los Angeles' first prominent sculptures, sculptors, and it re represents art, science, and history. Mm. So are three, there are three female characters on the statue, and each one is looking in a different direction. They, they have their hands positioned in a certain way, and so it's representational of art, science, and history. Ooh. Yeah. That's awesome. That. Yeah. I so it's actually, it's actually quite fitting that it was in Spider-Man, of all things, in a scientific scene that made history and it's based on comic art. Yeah. Boom. 
bingo card. You always blow my mind with facts, Adai. Every time. Where's my glasses? I got to push up my glasses. <laughs> um, and so uh, a few of the pictures that are on this slideshow here, I wanted to give a shout out to Thomas Duke. And so Thomas Duke is on Instagram known as Stepping Through Film. And so Thomas, um, I'm not sure where he actually lives, but he, he is one of those people that goes around the world, travels to different states, and he takes photographs, reference photographs of uh, iconic historical Hollywood films. And so... He has done it with so many films like Back to the Future and he's done it with television shows like Gilmore Girls and Spider-Man as well. And I think he just did one for The Last of Us, which was kind of interesting because oh. he, he even took a picture um, that was referencing the, the video game cover, which was like he found a match. That perfectly oh, matched, yeah, and he's, he's one of those deep divers, so, so shout out to him and, and be sure to take a, a look at his account because it's pretty fantastic yeah. and you never know what's actually in your proximity. You know, you might have something in your backyard, you have no idea. Yeah, we, we, we recreated <laughs> that today a we little did. bit. We made a quick reel <laughs> and I had, I had Jeff stand in where Toby Maguire was standing. So uh, if you want a good photo op, go, go over there and check it yeah. out. Now I'm standing. You all happy? We're all standing up now. Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. <laughs> so something that I love to put pressure on Jeff on our show is that we do pop quizzes. And let me tell you, our first episode ever, we covered all things Tony Stark and Iron Man, which is a very dense comic book history. This guy... <laughs> <laughs> it's my proudest moment on the pod, I might say, and it's the first it's, episode. It was incredible. I'm still impressed by it. He was <laughs> able to guess exactly how many Iron Man Mark suits there are in the cinematic universe. The entirety of the MCU. And that will be uh, 85. Iron Man in the MCU has had 85 versions of his Mark suit. And he counted through it in his brain and he was like, all right, all right, let me do it. So now it's one of those highlights in, in the yeah. show. I've gone downhill since then. Right? So uh, <laughs> yes, if you class. listen to our pods and you listen to me do pop quizzes, yeah. I suck at that. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Monumental. Um, so I have one for you today. Are you ready? No. For your first live pop quiz? Not really. I'm about to embarrass myself in front of a lot of people right now. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. So this, is, unfortunately, is not Marvel-affiliated at all. It is a Hollywood-based question. But your film guy, maybe you'll catch. I don't know. I'm having faith here. I have hope. Hope. <laughs> so, it's one of us. <laughs> so among the following films, which was not filmed here at NHMLA? Was it multi-choice? Mul mul multi so you don't have to worry about it too hard. You got one in four chance. Which film was not filmed here? Was it Pretty Woman? Shout out to John Hughes. John Hughes. <laughs> Gone with the Wind. The really old film? The building was built in 1913. I know, but... <laughs> the Gone with the Wind came out in 1932, I think. So just a little before my time. Just a little bit. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> Sharknado 3. I haven't watched Sharknado 2. <laughs> I have, I, yeah, I have. Or Escape from the Planet of the Apes, which was not filmed here. I see people are thinking about it. I've only seen one of these movies. <laughs> well, use the power of deduction. Uh, anyone out there in the yeah. crowd know the Look, answer? Th this Go ahead. This kid right here. Sharknado? Sharknado 3 was not filmed. 
If that was filmed here, <laughs> I'd be really mad. Would you eat your hat? <laughs> it's a Spider-Man hat, so I'm really putting pressure on him. Come on, Jeff. He this says feel, Sharknado. This feels, this, feels, this feels like a Anybody else? Like a Anybody else want to help him? It could be a trick question. I don't know. Why would I do Sharknado. that? I know there's a lot of NHM workers here who... <laughs> Show me your filming permits now, <laughs> please. All right. Um, Pretty oh woman. Oh, gosh. Gone you know with what? the wind. I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go with Sharknado. Sharknado 3 was not filmed here? Was not Jeffrey, filmed here. you are incorrect. What? It was filmed here? <laughs> yes. There are some building shots from Sharknado 3 that was filmed oh, here in the museum, if you can believe it. So... Pretty Woman was also filmed oh, here. Oh, okay. I was going to say it's Pretty Woman. Yeah. Well, I definitely remember that one because it's also the exterior building of the 1913 building when they're going to the opera. Oh. And they're going up the step, the steps. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. It's supposed to be Manhattan, but it's... Oh, but they used, <laughs> they used the they used exterior the front of the museum. <laughs> it might have been these ones too. I'm not sure. It's one of the steps. That's so funny. Pretty Woman was also filmed here. Okay. Escape from the Planet of the Apes also filmed here. And so that was actually shot here in the dino, the dueling dino area of the Grand Foyer. Okay, so yeah. it's gone with the wind. So it's gone with the wind. I should have gone with my gut. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh my gosh. Sharknado. Who has seen Gone with the Wind here though? Who remembers the whole movie? Oh, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's surprising though, right? It's just like the Spider-Man scene like you really wouldn't it's like a if you know you know type of thing exactly it's like exactly. that leonardo dicaprio meme from like a, like um hollywood oh psh, 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 psh. There, there yep nope. yep, yep. <laughs> exactly that's exactly right so we're going to move on to a semi-related topic so if anyone has actually looked at our table we have three examples of comic book grading um if you want to come up later on after we finish the main purpose like uh topics of the show and kind of give a give a guess of what you think each book is worth come on down we'd love to talk to you um but you know having access to the museum as i do yeah i wanted to i wanted to to see if there was actually any comic books in the museum collections because why wouldn't they right and so the museum has a special sector called the siever center of western history research and so all of the two-dimensional paper, magazines, all of those items mm -hmm. can be found in the Seaver Center. And so it's a very unsuspecting portion of the museum. It's not available for the public access, but you can go in, you can check out things from LA history. And so um, I asked Miss Betty Uyeda, uh, the collections manager for the Museum Seaver Center, um, about comic books in the collection, because I was just so, I was just ready to go down there and be like, can I see everything? And unfortunately, they have zero comic books whatsoever and really? so yeah like was, none at all i was super surprised because i thought for sure like at least one at least one like one really <laughs> like one super rare one that just never gonna Spider -Man's be sold first appearance. Just, amazing fantasy yeah wow nothing and so i asked her what they did have and so um actually if you're if you're sticking around they're they're down in the otis booth pavilion uh the siever center so you can go down see some of the collectibles that they brought and so they only have i believe like Posters from Batman Forever. <laughs> so, George Clooney? Yes. <laughs> it might be Returns. I don't know. It's one of the Batman films, the modern ones. Okay. And so they, that's all they have as far as, um, as, as far as superheroes go. But 
The collection itself, uh, she told me that they had a box full of magazines called Famous Monsters of Filmland. Um, and they're all black and white interiors. They have a comic book format of sorts. And then they had one thing that she, caught, she actually designated a comic book called Adventures in Disneyland, uh, published by uh, this company called The Richfield. And I think she, she identified that it was an oil company. So it must have been a promotion of sorts. Interesting. That Disney did with this oil company. And that's in the Walt Disney collection of, of our items. And then... We have several comic strip engraving plates. And so she mentioned that these were likely newspapers, including engraving plates from Mickey Mouse and Silly Symphonies from 1933 and an Al Cap comic strip engraving plate from 1988. So that kind of gives you some idea of like of what, what, what they're actually what yeah. they've collected or what your collection has the <laughs> museum beat. <laughs> I've seen her collection, guys. Oh, my God. It's insane. It's intense. It kind of looks like Golden Apple over there, a little yeah. bit. But you might have them beat too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, over. Oh god! And so, um, and of course, last but not least, they had a Mickey Mouse-related newspaper comic strip um, from the 1930s, as well as something called His Christmas Pudding newspaper clipping from uh, the Los Angeles Examiner, and that was mounted, and it's from 1903. So. Speaking of collections, I actually offered to donate a book from my collection to the museum's collection. And um, it's, if anybody knows anything about our museum, it's, it, we have sister museums as well. So NHMLA is one, and then we also have the La Brea Tar Pits, and the Hart Museum is, is kind of still related in some way. Um, but I wanted to donate this very specific comic book. I wish I had brought it, actually. Oh. Uh, I forgot to get it out. But it's Daredevil number 66 from 1970. And it involves Daredevil getting into trouble at the La Brea Tar Pits. And so it features the wool... There are no woolly mammoths at the Tar Pits. Just FYI. No real ones? <laughs> <laughs> Well, then why no. are we here? <laughs> there, um, woolly mammoths were not found here in this locality, but we had just regular Amer Colombian mammoths and mm -hmm. mastodons. And so it's, it's scientifically inaccurate, but it does take place at that site and on the cover. It's so dramatic. Gotcha. It's from 1970. So it's like daredevil in his suit and he's like sinking into the tar pits and the, <laughs> the woolly mammoth is in the background like eh? and um and it's like a murder mystery of sorts and so i offered to donate it to the museum they're they're reevaluating it not sure if it runs course as far as the relevance go or the values so oh we'll see we'll see if they is take there, it like, what's the process of that and like? that's exactly why i offered because i wanted to see and 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 understand how they process things that are donated, right? Uh -huh. And so what better way to do it than with something like a comic? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and so, so hopefully um, they'll accept it. If not, then I, I'm sure she'll, she'll be willing to share it with me. You could be the first Marvel comic That's what here. I'm saying. That's so cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool like, yeah, thing that'd to, be to have on your belt. I agree, yeah. yeah. So, so we'll see if they take it. Um, but yeah, be sure to go, go check out the Seva Center down in the Otis Booth Pavilion. So it's basically the building that's clear and it has the giant fin whale skeleton floating above it. Nice. So that's more or less. That's uh, mostly the, the history that we have here at NHMLA with superheroes. Awesome. Yeah. 
for our next episode, so again, this is like this is deviating from our usual our usual discussions. Yeah. We usually do character studies. So we know you don't want to hear us talk for two hours right now. <laughs> we get like, really deep in the weeds with stuff. Like, you'd be like, when are these people landing, man? Like, keep it short, sweet, yeah. and then talk yeah. to you guys after this. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, with Spider Verse out, and you know, it's so massively popular. We have Spider Gwen here at the end of the table. It's only right that for our next episode, we're going to dive into the world of Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Um, so stay tuned uh, for that in about two weeks or so. Yes. Uh, but yeah. I still have to that, see the movie. Yeah, you better get on it, man. <laughs> I'm a fake, uh, fan. fake fan. Fake fan. Um, yeah. So with that said, thanks for listening and thanks for joining us on site. If you'd like to talk to us after we're officially done recording this episode, yeah. please do please. so. We'd love to feature you in the episode itself. Yeah. And as all episodes end, a We Are Groot salute to our Patreon patrons of the Groot tier. Eve, Tyler, Andrew, the Arachner, Jenny, Ed, Robin, Andrea, Melanie, Jolis, Sherry, Ariel, Katie, Laura, Nats, Ashley, and Claire. Follow us on social at STRKCNTRST. And if you like what you hear, review, rate, and subscribe. Thank you guys for joining us. We will <laughs> catch you in the next one. See ya. Bye. Bye. Oh, buddy, love the new outfit. This is exactly what I need to scoop, Parker. Give me, uh, give me some of that web action. See you, chump. <laughs>